0: TheChairShot.com Always Use Your Head Warning The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! As we were brought in by the fire tones of the Tongans, with whom we give all deference to. Uh, I'd like to wish you guys a uh, belated happy Thanksgiving, and welcome to the Outsider's Edge. Uh, yes, these are the dose doset tones, what's up Chris, of the, of Mr., well, I don't, what's my nickname? Ray Cash? Rance? I don't know.
1: I don't when you don't you do
0: bitch. this week, well, uh, you know, you call me boo, but that's cool, Depending, on, depending oh, on the day. Don't be,
1: put, don't be putting the business out there.
0: <laughs> depending on the day. Um, yeah, it's Rens A.K. Hey, Ray Cash. When well, you don't do this for a week, you get out of the habit. Uh, but yeah, Outsider's Edge. Uh, I got both the, both the boys when we Got the whole click together. I got Kyle and Carl. What's up, guys? Hey, Carl. Hey, what's up? Everybody seems kind of tired.
2: Are, are you guys tired? What's going on? Well,
1: I mean, so, like, I'm... Perpetually exhausted because I'm a school teacher during a pandemic. And a student. And a student. And I'm buying a house. Mm-hmm. So, like, I got a lot going on right now.
0: And I, have, and I have a medical condition. So, you know, there's that.
1: Yeah, Rance legitimately could fall asleep at any moment. We'll carry on with and I, I got, got that.
0: kids.
3: So. Give me infringement, as, dog.
1: Yeah, you can only use them as an excuse for so long. It's not like you're Heath and have, like, eight kids.
2: <laughs> Look, um, two is um, plenty. I'm Ask Grant; he knows.
1: Yes, yes, Lord.
0: Yes, I yes, mean, yes.
1: Y'all know my opinion. A puppy is plenty.
0: This is true, but you, but you have a bunch of kids. Just you, they go home.
1: Damn, my fucking
0: kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we missed last week, and there was some stuff that was interesting last week. But after last night, none of that shit matters. Like wrestling is like <laughs> as hot as it's been in in a long time after last night. And we got to give Root Beer a lot of credit for that.
1: Like we really do. Like whether you agree or disagree with the things that they did, like the entire wrestling
0: universe is talking about Root Beer right now. So before we get into that, let's get something and I I, I hate to I hate to be slightly disrespectful and say get something out of the way, but we had a major loss in the wrestling business. Um, there is a lot of baggage behind this this gentleman, so I want to be respectful and not speak too deeply about who he was, but if we just speak about who he was in wrestling, he may be one of the most influential people in wrestling history, legitimately. Pat Patterson died this week, um, the inventor of the uh, the inventor of the Royal Rumble, uh, Vince's right-hand man for 30, 40 years. Um, he was one of the first openly gay wrestlers to come out, um, has a lot of notoriety and it's done a lot of things for a lot of people, um, opened the door for a lot of French Canadians in the business today, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens come to mind. Um, so we don't really have to give him a retrospective or give him a memoriam because I know there are some things and some, some stories and conversations about him that are uncomfortable, but I think it at least warranted for the show to say rest in peace. Um, I'll leave it at that. If you guys want to say something, cool. You don't have to, Um, but we can move on. But I just didn't feel comfortable not at least acknowledging it.
1: I have very complicated feelings about Pat because, like, you know, him being an openly gay person within the industry, like, as an openly gay person myself, that, like, matters a lot to me. Yeah, it's big. Um, But, like, the baggage is also really gross and hard for me to overlook. But also, he was a trailblazer and he did open opportunities for so many people. And so, like, I mean, he's a good example of how people are just fucking complicated. Like, yeah, shades of really gray. Complicated. Um, unfortunately, the things that he's accused of are the kind of things that are like gross enough to really make you overlook a lot of the good parts. Yeah. But I don't wish death on anyone, even though death comes for us all. Um, So, you know, props to you, Pat, and, like, thank you for opening doors for us baby gays.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, as far as Patterson's concerned, it's just kind of another one of those things where... Clearly a legend in the wrestling business. Um, Everybody knows who Pat Patterson is. Uh, It's another one. He's got to grow old. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's kind of, it's just kind of one of those deals, I guess, where it's like, as is the case with so many of these legends, like, (laughs) unfortunately, a lot of them just have their baggage. And it's just something that, we've all kind of grown accustomed to. It's like almost like we're conditioned to it in a lot of ways. And so I'm not here to speak on the dead either. Uh, i just kind of remember, Hey, look, Pat Patterson was cool in the nineties when I was really watching wrestling as a teenager. And he was doing some dumb shit with Briscoe and McMahon. And okay. Like, I mean, you know, I, I don't have any like feelings about Pat Patterson. Cause I mean, while I understand his importance and relevance, I wasn't a- necessarily alive during that time so it's kind of like when people talk about like i don't know like will chamberlain yes i know he how important he was but i don't have much like to say per se so i
1: mean it's it's interesting to know like he was so rare in that he was able to grow old because i think a thing with a lot of wrestling legends like you know most of them hang on too long But I think part of the reason that you hang on too long, number one, you can never take the carny out of wrestling. Like, at the end of the day you can never take the carny out of wrestling. And that is a huge part of why so many of the oldest wrestlers are so toxic. Because carny like, carny culture is pretty trash. Like as much respect as I have for like, anybody who does any kind of performing, carny culture in and of itself is pretty trash. So like you're going to attract some trash fucking people. Um, but, like, I think another part of the reason that they hang on for so long is like so many don't live to hang on that long,
0: yeah, well, he was in a a perfect situation in that he was Vince's in many ways best friend, you know, um, so Which like he was good
1: for how complicated Vince is.
0: Vince is a very complicated man, he Vince is, in many ways devilish as as close to satan as you can get but in many other ways he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet so it's it's again you spoke of it earlier shades of gray and vincent knew the whole time pat was gay like pat never lied about it to the boys
1: yeah yeah absolutely but that's what I'm saying, like, it just speaks to so how, like, weird and complicated Vince is, because, like, you know, that company has such a fucked up racial history, and such a fucked up sexual history, and such a fucked up history, and, like, so many regards, and then it's like, okay, but, like, two of your closest homeboys were the gay dude and the Native American dude.
0: <laughs> right? I'm saying.
1: <laughs> and, like, it's, there like, crazy the to think about homies for real, for real, not just homies on the TV,
2: homies for, for real. So it's just yeah. like,
3: man. Well,
1: this, this feels also lame.
2: though. I, I feel free to tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong about this, but I feel like you're wrong. At least, well, that's fair. But in a lot of my experience, like where I live, okay, we have a lot of we have a lot of people. We have a lot of minorities. We have a lot of people of color. We have a lot of gay people. I and mean, we have those people exist in my community too. Just because I live in a very conservative part of the country. You well know Kyle that they are. I mean, this, these these people are live among us, right? And that's great. But I think the interest, like what I've noticed about the old school, like the people, the older generation of people that are like minority or gay or whatever, it seems like they're not as forward pushing as our younger generation is, and maybe that's why it was so easy for someone like. Vince, with the company with the racial and sexual history they have, to not even like give a shit. Because maybe to him, it's like, oh, you know how people don't want that stuff in their face or whatever. Like, no, maybe to him, it was never in his face and that didn't no, bother people him.
1: Are, people are all a reflection of the environment they grew up in. You yeah. Know, Pat was gay at a time when. Pat was gay at a time when the hanky code was still a thing. Um, Pat was gay at a time before people knew what AIDS was. And. Right. Lived through that shit,
3: mm-hmm.
1: like went through the whole thing mm-hmm. as an openly gay person in a locker room environment.
0: And for the record, he, and let's be honest, he was not the only gay person in that locker room. Oh hell yeah. no, not by he a long was, shot. Not he and he I'm gonna say not the only openly the only gay, gay
1: person in that. He ain't the only gay person in that locker room right now.
0: Oh, we know that. And
1: like that. names the people don't want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't ready for that conversation.
0: That may be a conversation we have one day. Uh but I didn't want to go too deep the past because of because of so all of the baggage involved. It's one I felt only right that he'd be acknowledged.
1: Well, it's also uh, right to start with a legend. And a big okay. a, a legend who was big during the attitude era. Okay. Because like some odd legend shit went down last night in the wrestle world.
0: Look, so you know the Wednesday night quote unquote war, the Wednesday night skirmish, the Wednesday night sissy fight. Wednesday night wrestling. AEW <laughs> um, had essentially a pay per view level card. I'm I can't tell you the whole card because I didn't watch AEW NXT as my favorite show. Uh, so I watched the NXT, but I do know that the major parts of the show. And besides the fact that Moxley versus Omega for the title was main eventing, there was some type of fight, skirmisher or whatever, or segment with Team Tass with Richard, Ricky, Starks, Starks, Will, Will Hobbs, and uh, Brian Cage, Will and Hobbs Darby just sorry. recently turned on Cody and Darby. Yes, which was and for the record, Will Hobbs is a star. Wait Will now. Hobbs a fucking stud. All three of those guys are. Ricky Starks is a beast, and I'm not. A, I'm not a Cage fan like you are, but all three of those guys got money. I'm written a all fan
1: over. of Cage, but like, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs, they yeah. could get it. They um, could get it. They go, but they could get it.
0: Thank you for that. uh... For that information. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um but yes, the lights go out and there is a montage on the screen and for the first time in 18 years the icon, the crew, the man they call Sting, not Sting, Sting has debuted in AEW. Now, for those of you who don't get <laughs> There's a whole bunch of newer fans. For those you who don't get the so significance many. of this. Yeah, for those you who don't get the significance.
1: Thing is on TNT.
0: Right, and <laughs> TNT. Tony boning? TNT is is owned by the Turner family, Ted Turner. Ted Turner was the guy that bought WCW from Jim Crockett. So WCW and TNT are somewhat TNT synonymous.
1: Ain't owned by Tim Turner. TNT is owned by Time Warner.
0: Man, look. You know what I'm saying you're talking recent stuff. I'm
1: trying to. Turner sold up. that shit decades ago.
0: You talking semantics? I'm trying to make the connection. Let me journalism.
1: Can a journalism? Part of journalisming is using current facts.
0: I'm doing wrestling journalism, so half of this shit is fake. There you That's go. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's right. <I'm... laughs> yes, it's called Carnie Carney journalism. Carney Journal that's the new shirt, Greg. Um, yes, yes, TNT and, and Turner Media is owned by Time Warner because that's who they sold to, which is why WCW is out of business. But the whole point is TNT the channel and WCW are synonymous. Cody, whose dad is Dusty is Dusty Rhodes, who was the one of the main people behind the idea of WCW. There is that synergy between AEW being kind of the last vestiges and the almost reincarnation of what WCW was or represented on the same channel. And Sting coming back. Now, I'm going to give the floor to you guys, but I need to get some stats off. Sting is 61 or 62 years old. 61. Sting, 61 years old. And Sting's last match with uh Seth Rollins which at Night of Champions, which I was live for. Sting hurt his neck. I just I had to say. Sting has spinal stenosis, which is the same injury that ended Edge's career and ended Austin's career. Right? Now
1: he's also been wrestling since the fucking seventies.
0: That's that's important to know too. Yes, he's he's been wrestling forever. So And I'm not hating. I'm please no, don't take that. No, I know, but it's
1: gotta be said because you know these, people are always gonna it's got to be said. I'm not saying that to hate. I'm saying that, like, it fucking matters. He's been wrestling since the 70s.
0: We're going to give some pros and cons. But first, before we even break down the pros and cons, and I wanted to give the stats off, I want to get your guys visceral reaction when you found out. And I, I'm, if you don't mind, I'm going to go with Carl, because like, I I know you and I have talked about this, I haven't talked with Carl about this yet.
2: Okay, fine. So... For those of you who don't know, I kind of started my wrestling fandom in the mid to late 90s. Sting is in my top 10, sometimes top five on the day you ask me, of favorite wrestlers, period. I love Sting. Like, I mean, Crow Sting, especially because that's kind of what I mean. I was introduced to Surfer Sting, but Crow Sting was great in WCW. Okay. So, with that out of the way, uh my first reaction is that's pretty cool. Like just like I would pop for The Undertaker and the bell and the gong going off every time. I'm popping for Sting too. Okay. 61, 81, 101. I'm popping for Sting. Okay. Just because I do get I like nostalgia. Um that said, you guys know I don't watch All Friends Wrestling. Um, so I don't I didn't – I saw clips of what happened. Um, And, you know, AEW is always doing some shenaniganery. So, I mean, it wasn't that surprising on a night like this that they would have Sting show up on a pay-per-view that was themed around winter and he's this crow and all this stuff. Like, you know, that's – so I think it's cool for – it's cool if you are a fan of nostalgia like I am. It's cool if they're gonna use him in I hope a limited capacity. I don't if he's out there wrestling, uh, you know, I'm important gonna have to pass to know, on that.
0: Important to note, the press release mentioned that he signed a multi-year full full time deal. Yeah. Just
2: so for, so that's know. I think I, so that kind of lends itself to that unless he's just gonna be running around as a manager. And I just don't know about that. Like, and what we know about Sting, if you really think about Sting, okay, he wasn't ever, like, some of these guys they have managing people right now or that are kind of helping the younger talent, like a Jake Roberts or an Arn Anderson, those guys are natural fits for that kind of role. That's not really a Sting role, you know? Uh,
0: Like, I just never –
2: Joker Sting made me a believer that he could do it.
0: Yeah, right. in TNA, there was about a two-year gap there where he was more – a character than a wrestler. So, yeah,
1: it, right. it was around the time that he was changing his style majorly because he
0: realized he's washed. Exactly. Right. Before the years, we're talking two years, but, but it, he had shown he can do it.
2: Yes. Right. I just, I've always thought, I've never really thought of Sting as even really like, he's a, he's a high, he was a high energy guy before he was crow Sting. And then later on, after he kind of went like wolf pack Sting, he came, kind of got that high energy back, you know, but I wouldn't call him like this promo wizard or anything like that, you know. So I just don't know how he fits outside of just wrestling. And I could be completely wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll come back on here and I'll and I'll admit to it, and that's fine. Uh, but yeah, well, we multi-year contract, anything. you know. Right. We, we know, know nothing.
0: Anything. This is this is all speculatory. I, I have
2: other things to say about it, but I figure we'll kind of keep talking as it goes along. Okay. So you know, I'll let Kyle say what he wants to say there. My original thought when I saw him
1: was, so, like, I'm not as big a Sting Mark as Brother Carl, Um partly because I'm a little bit younger than Carl. I'm not a lot younger than y'all, but I'm a little bit younger than y'all. And so, like, I started watching wrestling in 98, 99. I was eight or nine years old at the time. So, like... By that point, Sting had already done Turned Crow, and like the NWO had already done like, started ruining the product. Like, they had gone past being the cool part of the product into the part where they started ruining the show. Um, so like, I missed a whole lot of like, the parts of Sting that make Sting famous until I became much older and like, you know, had the network and all that other shit. And So like, obviously you go back and you watch and Yeah, Sting was really fucking cool, but like most of my memories of Sting were the TNA version because that was like my active exposure to him. So like my thought when I saw Sting was like, okay, this is cool because Sting is a legend and like he is an Undertaker level legend. He's a Ric Flair level legend. Like he's up there. Like anywhere he shows up, it matters. But at the same time, my other thought was. Alright, yeah, that's cool. Who cares? Like your target demo, um, like your literal target demo, the eighteen year olds, they don't know nothing about WCW.
2: WCW's, WCW's been, been folded existed. as long as they've been
1: alive. Exactly. WCW legitimately did not exist within their lifetime. They don't give a fuck. The only well, thing that another... actively brings back are <clears throat> Older fans, or potentially fans of TNA, because like the other half of Sting's career was his Impact run.
0: To that point, I've, I I had a, a series of conversations on Twitter last night, and yeah, you say like some the trolls, man. I don't know why you do it. Well, they're not all trolls. Some just legitimately think differently and don't see that how they're how they're coming off. Not all of them are trolls. Um, and and the guy, I don't want to call him out in particular, because I haven't talked to him about about this, but the one person in particular definitely isn't a troll. But uh, he started watching wrestling in 2008. And, like, but to to his point, the reason he decided is because, and this, since we're going to, so much of this show is going to be AEW heavy, he has an unwavering trust in the AEW product that seeing such a quote-unquote epic entrance and reveal and premiere of a wrestler who everybody knows his name carries all this history got him excited because of oh it's a big deal because this guy is here well, and i know the company's gonna make a big
3: deal
1: come from like i legitimately want to know where the fuck this unwavering trust comes from i watch dynamite every week and i watch the pay-per-views and i don't unwaveringly trust
0: nobody well, I don't trust him at all either. But that's a conversation for another day, because we got to talk about AEW now. But that is a that's an interesting conversation to, to have, and we spoke about that too. But I'd, I'd really like to, to, when we have that conversation, I'd like that to be the crux of the discussion. Right now, there's so much other shit to talk about. Um, my good reaction when I saw it, and I'm the one that told you guys, uh, was this is a huge moment, but a uh, um, uh, meh to bad move. I initially rolled my eyes because the thought of a 61-year-old guy who is one bad bump away from being paralyzed for the rest of his life, who, when he was last in WWE, said on the stage at, at the Hall of Fame, I'm WWE for life. And Yes, I know he got released because from this legend contract because of the pandemic, and they they kicked everybody out. I get that. But initially I rolled my eyes because I just thought it was superfluous and unnecessary. Now, this is where I want to go with this and I want to get your guys' opinion. Part of the trust that's relevant to this discussion is that um, Carl mentioned The Undertaker. And there is some level of... There is some synergy, negatively actually, because a lot of fans were against... WWE for so long, going back to The Undertaker, or going back to Triple H, you're going back to Goldberg, or all the old veterans. But it's the same people. Veterans, cool.
1: Like how many of us are like myself included are sick of Brock Lesnar and never want to see him again?
0: Randy Orton, right?
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm a little bit over that. I'm a little bit over that. Randy doesn't have to go away anymore. I don't want him to be the world champion, but I, I, I don't need him to go away anymore.
0: You have grown in 2020. I'm proud of you.
1: You like Randy Drew now?
0: Randy, Randy doesn't need to go away? Gross. Which is ready to grow. Randy got the kente cloth on right now. Um, <laughs> but, but. Yeah, so at
1: the beginning of the year, I would have hung out with AJ Styles. And at the end of the year, I'm just like, nah, bruh. You stay <laughs> in your yard and I'll stay in mine.
0: <laughs> so there was, there, there is, there they the same people were upset with WWE and how they use, always went back to veterans, but Sting debuts and everybody loves it. I wanna get you guys opinion on this because my argument to that point was, it's the same thing in both companies just use differently. What I mean is, yes, in WWE, the veterans often took spots away from the full-time younger talent. That's fact. It's the same thing is happening in AEW, it's just the veterans aren't bumping anymore. You talk about Team Taz, Ricky Starks and Hobbs and Cage. None of them talk. Taz is the one running the show. Taz is the Bobby Heenan. Lance Archer, all he does is say everybody dies. Jake the Snake is the guy talking for him, making the decisions on the the, the duo, putting him in fuse with other people, right? Uh, Tully Blanchard is looked at on camera, on screen, in canon, as the mastermind behind the success of FTR and um, Sean Spears, whatever success he has. The only one that gets it right, and I hate to admit it, is Cody because Arn Anderson is looked at as his coach. Arn Anderson, Arn Anderson is supplementary to the package, while the other ones are the primary to the package. So in every in this whole Darby Allen feud, What's the one thing you can remember off the top of your head? For me, it's Taz choking out Cody. That's the one thing I remember. I can't tell you anything the guys have done because the feud isn't between Cage and Cody and, and Allen or between Starks and Cody and Allen. The feud is between Taz and Cody and Darby Allen, and he Taz really, has his goons doing his bidding.
1: Let's be real here. That story is between Taz and Darby Allen, and it has been the entire time. Cody just has randomly inserted himself into this shit. Because I, I, I agree Taz, with that. I think so. The team Taz been feuding with Darby Allen for fucking months now. The body bag segment happened how long ago? I remember being outraged. I just don't remember what it was because twenty twenty never ends.
0: Um, Cage debuted at <laughs> Double or Nothing in the Casino Ladder Match. So this has been at least since May.
1: Yeah, so, like, anyway, um, for me, the issue with the way that they use the legends, because, like, I, I do think that it is better that they're not in the matches. I do think that that matters. Um, but for me, the issue is I'm thinking the longer term, and I'm thinking evolution of characters and things like that. How do we get the catharsis when Ricky Starks or Brian Cage are sick of Taz's shit and don't want to put up with that anymore because Taz can't take bumps at his age and in his health. No. No. He can't. Jake right. Jake the Snake can't take bumps right now when Lance Archer decides that everybody dies. Uh, Tully will take a bump. Tully will take the fuck out of a shatter machine right the fuck now. He don't give a he shit. Loved it.
0: Tell the and it's crazy. Orange shouldn't be taking bumps, but he still will happily he, take them too. But he
1: sure as shit will. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but really though, like my bigger point though is like with the exception of Jericho, who is washed, and like to his credit, Sting, even though he is also washed, like uh, none of these legends can physically bump. So when the time comes that like it's time for Junior to fly and uh surpass the mentor and turn on the mentor or blah 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 you can't have the catharsis moment
0: of fuck yeah put Taz through a table see the 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 point the 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 similarity and people are out people have been outraged by the fact that people think that these these two situations are similar at all but the point is yes i understand the journey is different the path is different but the point is still the same the older guys the veterans are getting over at the expense of the full time guys. Carl, do you disagree? Yeah, that?
2: no, I don't. And I, I, I want to, if you'll allow me to kind of ramble for a minute, I, I have two Please. points I wanted to make about what you, what about what we're talking about. The first is kind of what we were talking about, how the legends are used in a different manner. Okay, so as we've said, and it's you can't completely really argue there have been times with WWE they bring in legends and they take spots away and in this case we're talking about well AEW uses them differently you know Taz talks for Team Taz and etc okay the first thing I just want to say about that is to me when you talk about WWE bringing in legends and using them in storylines the re- a lot of times the reason, it seems to me, why WWE doesn't approach it the way AEW has approached it with legends is because WWE's legends l- quite literally can tell a story on their own, okay? Now, AEW, that doesn't mean that you couldn't necessarily have an, a WWE legend helping an up-and-coming superstar the way AEW does, but that, that mm-hmm. speaks to the way AEW approaches it. They mm-hmm. approach it of the mindset, well, we've got guys who maybe aren't quite ready to be on their own. Maybe they don't have the chops. Maybe they're still getting their feet wet with this. They need so it's rub. Im- right. It's important to give them a rub and give them someone that they can learn from. And I think that's okay. And by the way, I'm not huge about the legends either, but there is a point I want to make, and this is the second point. You and I were talking to the same person, Rance, and I did tell him earlier today that I was probably gonna respond to what he said to me so online is okay on twitter because he
0: because he's a, he didn't I, I, he's a friend of mine so i right i, I, right. I, don't, want to, I just don't want to call
2: he never responded to me and of course he i don't even think does isn't he living like australia or something so i don't i don't even yeah. know so well, he, he I'll, could I'll
0: be we're asleep we it's too much it's too much of all this like all this secrecy sir sam Sir Sam writes for LOP. He's a friend of mine from back in the day. We talk all the time. We drastically disagree on all the stuff, but it's always love and always respect. Right. Go ahead.
2: So I just wanted to say this. First of all, I I have a tendency to go to Shitpost City when it comes to Twitter, okay? I'm up there. I'm always talking some shit, okay?
0: That's a new shirt, Greg. Shitpost City.
2: (laughs) So... I tweeted when this happened last night, the same people shitting on Undertaker all these years are hyping for Sting with my crying laughing face because it is funny because it's kind of the way it feels, right? And I didn't get very many actual responses, but Sir Sam did respond. And he said, and he kind of this alludes to what you said, I'm going to read all the tweets and then I'll respond to him because I do want to respond to him. He said, okay, I'll bite. I certainly was someone who said Taker and the other WWE legends were holding down the WWE main roster talent and delivering poor performances that brought over overall quality down. There is a difference, though. AEW has shown they can use legends without it detracting from their main event and even up-and-coming mid-carders seen. Guys like Dustin, Matt Hardy, and Jericho, after establishing the AEW championship, have been used to establish those up-and-comers. And aren't being used in self-indulgent or self-serving angles that only glorify the past at the expense of what is happening now. is old, I don't know if he can wrestle, but I trust the bookers and AEW to use him in a way that benefits the overall product rather than detract from it, as Undertaker did for many years. Of course, they get if they get it wrong, it'll change my opinion, but every usage of legend so far has been done tastefully. So I really only want to harp on one thing he said here because he's not wrong. A lot of the things he said here are right, Um, But there's one I do take umbrage with Undertaker detracting from the product because my tweet was about Undertaker. It wasn't about anybody else. It was about Undertaker because Undertaker and Sting, even though they've never wrestled, are connected because there was always that dream match that everybody wanted between the two. Right. And they
0: they were kind of like the leaders of both locker rooms.
2: Yes. So I just want to I want to completely and you guys are free to disagree with me if you want. I want to disagree with Sam about the idea that the undertaker detracted from WWE product. The reason why I disagree with this is because 90 like the undertaker you can't detract from the overall product of a show. When you are wrestling one match a year and it's built on a on a card that goes for 7 hours and you're only doing limited appearances for about 6 weeks, okay? I'm sorry. A three, you show up on a three-hour Monday Night Raw because he hadn't come to SmackDown a, a, just a couple of times during this whole one-year thing. It's always been Raw, unless correct me if I'm wrong. But for the most part, it has always been Monday Night Raw, okay? And the more recent in, years, yes, yeah, up up until SmackDown made the move to Fox, okay? So whatever, but the Undertaker on a three-hour television show shows up for a 20-minute segment for one match, usually against someone he's either a going to give the rub to or be some other legend okay on a card that is that has on a WrestleMania card that Vincent Mann has almost made it an intentional thing to get everyone on it okay that is not detracting from the product just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it's a distraction or that it's taking away from the card so I I actually completely like disagree with that i don't accept it and if you guys disagree that's fine but i just have i take issue with that because you're using your argument uh, in favor of sting by using the undertaker as an example and i think it's a bad example i don't think it's a good example and that's really all i have to say about it love you sam if you want to talk about it more feel free you know i got I have no issues with sam
0: at all we disagree on a lot of stuff that's fine so you want to you want to jump in kyle you want me to jump in
1: I mean, I really have nothing to say cuz number 1 I don't know Sam. So like I have no okay. con- I have no contribution to that end of the conversation at all. I don't know <laughs> Sam like that. Um, okay. but number 2 like I I have been very vocally anti the legends um because I'm over them. Um but like As the beacon of consistency that I am, when I say I'm over the legends, I mean I'm I'm over the legends. If you were from the Attitude Era or the Golden Age, I want to shake your hand at an autograph signing. I want to buy your autobiography. I want to watch your documentary on the WWE network or listen to your candid interview about what it was like to work for McMahon or Turner during the height of the wars. Like <laughs> that's what I want from you. Or I want you to be working as a booker or an agent or like a running a wrestling school or somehow doing something else in the business, being a commentator. But I do don't want you as an on-air
0: in-ring talent um so to go to to go to speak to the undertaker point i i i completely agree with you i think where the disconnect comes with i don't want to speak for sam but for fans who feel that way is that we have to remember we're older fans and and I can say this because I know you guys like the back of my hand. Our fandom is is based upon primarily the entertainment aspect and not the wrestling aspect. The wrestling aspect we love, but it's ultimately the entertainment aspect that is number one, the checkbox, on our list of what we're entertained by.
3: Well, especially so many
0: people...
1: for younger for newer fans, I want to put some nuance on that. Y'all, when you watch wrestling long enough, You have seen every type of match, every kind of gimmick, every storyline, every combination. Like, if (laughs) you've been watching long enough, you have seen it somewhere before. That's not to say that there aren't still amazing matches that make your jaw hit the floor or that make you go, oh my god, this is fucking awesome. But... It is to say that when we're watching Raw or Smackdown or NXT or Dynamite like it's got to be a banger for us to be like, yeah, that, that match was the big thing that I remember from that night.
0: Right. So many people of this generation are are primarily interested in the in ring in the in ring portion of, of wrestling. The 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 in, the entertainment and the storyline portion of it is secondary whereas it's the opposite for us. So Taker's matches have not been very good in the eyes of that group. So Which that's why com- it's a detraction. To it's them. completely
2: fair, by the way. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just want to say one thing. I'll let you keep going. By the way, when I say all these things and when you say all these things, I want to make it clear that even though we're disagreeing here, it's okay if, if what you prefer with wrestling is the yes. wrestling. Yeah. That is okay. I'm not here to judge anybody for what they like. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to sit here and call them all friends wrestling. I'm still going to do that, okay? That's going to happen.
1: I'm not even going to go that far. I'm I'm going to kind of mildly disagree with Rance in one aspect. Like, with Undertaker matches, especially pre-hip replacement, like, we're talking, like, Roman at 33, um, that was... shouldn't have been allowed to compete. And hard to watch levels of bad because he was so blown up and like he was trying and roman was trying like they were both trying so hard to put something together but he couldn't physically do it and as someone who was in the crowd like who was actually at that show like it was hard for us to watch because it's like man i'm watching i'm watching my childhood hero
0: like Audition for the retirement home, but Taker's only really had three good performances since Brock at thirty. I, I give him four, and when I say good, I I don't mean like he can move around. I mean like enjoyable in ring performances. Oh, that's fair. So, I'm sorry, Carl.
2: Go ahead. No, no, that that. But that's it. All I'm all I'm really getting at is like it's okay for us to have these differences. I'm still gonna get off my jokes, and I'm still gonna make my shit posts. And I would caution people not to take me so seriously sometimes because I feel the way I feel, and I'll have a conversation with you if you want to have that conversation. But ninety-nine percent of the time when I'm discussing these this like not here on the show. You're getting more of how I really feel on the show. On Twitter, I got X amount of characters to say a bunch of dumb shit. And that's just kind of what I do. You know, I'm in it for the likes, okay? I need that I need that I need that um Confirmation. I need that. Hey, Rance, you, know. you
1: remember hashtag shitposting twenty nineteen? Yeah. Well, did, did,
0: well yeah. Carl, it's, it's, what, at one point Carl's name on Twitter was shitpo- was Mister Shitpost or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I think hashtag shitposting twenty nineteen. I, I think I think the better argument though for the the taker argument is Goldberg. No, um, Goldberg. And I say that because. So everything in wrestling, and I don't, I don't want to dumb it down and be disrespectful to people's intelligence, but everything has a purpose, right? We don't know what Sting's purpose is yet. For all we know, Sting might not wrestle one match and might really put over younger guys. We don't know. But everything has a purpose, whether we like it or not. And sometimes on the card, in, in, in the entertainment industry, but especially in wrestling, there is something that is involved that is strictly for the bottom line. Goldberg's in, Goldberg's involvement in WWE is strictly for the bottom line because to this day, Goldberg still pops a rating and draws a few extra fans. So when he beat Kevin Owens, when Kevin Owens was at his height, yeah, I get it. Kevin Owens was in, in the middle of a great feud with Jericho. Owens and Jericho should have been for the title of the WrestleMania. Cool. But they gave us Brock versus Goldberg in one of the greatest five-minute matches in history. That was a big money deal. You think about because that was at thirty. That was at thirty three, and think about it. The only, the three main events for thirty three were Orton versus Bray, was Roman versus Old Man Taker, and Brock Goldberg. Who built the house?
1: That entire, I I was there, and those main events were so bad.
0: They were all
1: so bad.
0: And and then when Goldberg beat the fiend terrible that was leading to what was supposed to be before COVID destroyed the world a major clash between goldberg and roman didn't happen roman said that don't work for me brother and, it, and things changed but there was always a purpose now i get it you have every right to think it's not good but there was a reasoning behind it but that's the more important point but ultimately everything can't be judged on man was this match good or bad or not because everything is a business whether you want to like that admit it or not so every without the business portion of the product you don't get the product Mm -hmm. legitimately if they're not if they're not cutting checks and making money then there won't be a A -A aw dynamite coming on this Wednesday. No,
1: i'll say this though i'll say this though you know what 33 was though for them for real for real (laughs) Proof of how much of an institution you are, because you got to be damn good to be able to roll out three trash ass main events <laughs> and still turn record profits and revenue for the next three calendar years. Well,
2: because <laughs> the matches, the matches aren't what sells WrestleMania anymore. WrestleMania yeah. itself sells know, WrestleMania. Right.
1: That's what I'm saying. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like 30, 33 is a great example of that because yeah, all yeah. of the main events were.
0: Bad. Well, I I disagree. <laughs>
1: bad
0: we, I, Roman, most, every, uh, most everybody I know disagrees. Bad. Goldberg Brock was fantastic. It's one no. of the greatest five-minute... You I get it. I respect that. That's your opinion. But most of the people I talk to, even the people who hate Goldberg, say that's one of the greatest five-minute matches of all time. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my favorite
2: train wreck that ever existed. And actually... And I'm not here to break down WrestleMania 33. Oh, like please, that. God, no!
0: Because I but don't.
2: I do I do want to say one thing about the Goldberg or the Taker Roman match while we're talking about how bad it was because it was bad. Um, and in a way, to it told its. Right in a way, well, in a way, it told its own story to me because I was almost like, like you said, Kyle, you're sitting there watching, you watching a hero like. Like audition for the retirement home, and in a way, you just kind of like you're. It's almost like the end of a story, like the bad end, the bad a bad ending, an unhappy ending. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I got watching that, that. even though it wasn't in on purpose, that like I was watching a story that wasn't even meant to happen, and I actually have an appreciation for that match, and I remember a lot about that
0: specific match because of you. that. It's Clint Eastwood in the gunfight, finally getting shot. That's what it was. The only problem is the motherfucker came back from the dead because he wrestled three, four more years. True. I feel he, had his, he had his kingly or
2: I feel so
1: cheated and robbed.
0: So let's let's get back and kind of put a put a bow on the Sting conversation. Um, what do you think Sting's role will be?
1: Put over think- Allen and get him to figure out that he needs to stop being
0: such a dipshit. Well, that's cool, but we're talking multi-year contracts, so that's three, six months major. Like at this point, it's hard for me to imagine him not wrestling, because and again, and I, I, I mean no ill will by the statement. I love how and what AEW is doing with with veterans. I love it. I love it. For, regardless of the fact of my argument earlier, I love what they're doing because it's a great way to use them. However, there's too damn many of them now. We got the four we mentioned. Dustin is considered a legend. Jericho's a legend. The rock and rolls come every now and then. Paige shows up every now and then. They just had uh Greg Valentine in the crowd the other day. Matt Hardy called himself a legend. Like well, at what up, point. Hold up,
1: Rance. Hold up, Rance. Hold up, Rance. Dustin and Matt Hardy are both legends. If you yeah. really think about it, like I I, yeah. I don't want I don't want us to dismiss like, oh, Dustin is considered a no, no, no. Dustin Rhodes is a legend. Like Goldberg. I only said, like,
0: you
3: know, only like, said
1: considered because they're currently wrestling. He's not a main eventer or anything. No, he's a legend.
0: But he's, I only said I, I only said considered because they're currently wrestling. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's all. That's what I meant. I, when I think legend, I think of a guy who doesn't wrestle anymore. But Dustin, the matter, still full time. That's what I meant. But you're you're absolutely right. Dustin is a legend. Dustin started wrestling in like the late '80s. Dustin Rhodes is a legend. Yeah. Matt Hardy is a legend. I'm yes, but he they're was active
1: at the same time as both his dad and his brother.
0: With the whole gamut of both guys. Listen, um just yeah.
2: yeah. Uh okay, just r- real quick here. Um this is remember the thing about AEW was it was always showcasing the young talent, being the alternative. We're sick of the the legends, taking over the product and blah 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 blah. I'm sorry. Almost every damn segment right now with AEW, there's some kind of legend involved. Compare that to current-day WWE right now. I just want to know. Because the way I'm looking at it right now is it's it's the other way around. WWE is the one that seems to be focusing on a lot of their younger talent right now, i.e. guys like Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, as much as we dislike the guy, the Retribution guys, a lot of the women.
0: Can I speak to that? I mean, Can I speak to that? Yeah. Tony had a uh, a a media scrum the other day. Uh, it was notorious because like none of the major got none of the major wrestling "quote unquote" journalists got invited to it. But um, he mentioned that that they have a four year, one hundred seventy five million dollar contract to AEW with the Turner TNT, which is a good contract for a first time wrestling organization. But I think, and maybe this is Tony and the and the. EVP's fault for not articulating this well enough for the crowd or for the fans, but the business model changed when they blew up so quick. Because the business business model was initially, yeah, we're going to go ahead and slow roll this thing and bring, and big, big up the young guys and all this, and then like they're flirting with between seventy five hundred and a million viewers every week, yeah, and nine thirteen last night. Yes, which is a great rating, a right? Rating. Um. So they're, they're, so the, the success came so quick that the business model couldn't be what well, we got to throw these young cats out, which is why they got Dark and whatever this second television program is coming. And that's why they throw 27 matches on Dark, because they got so many people who's not wrestling. Throw them on there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, I'm with, I'm with you, but the business model
1: changed. TV, Man, look. The second show is Impact on Access TV, which means BTE is finally going to solve the mystery, Carl. Of
3: who shot
1: Johnny Bravo? <laughs> how to get that? Rant
0: to leave the call already. Know, I'm going to kick Kyle <laughs> off. I'm trying to figure out how to do that. <laughs> all Rebellion I'm saying is, call.
2: look, this is all I'm going to say. As the guy who gets labeled a WWE defender, the argument that WWE is detracting from their product with legends right now is moot. It is not factual. Press, yeah. It's yeah. not accurate. That's yeah. not happening right now. It's happening more on the other show, Period. And you, I'm, I'm sorry if you don't like it. Oh, well, that's the facts.
0: <clears throat> Kyle mentioned Impact. So this, the second biggest moment of, of the show. Totally and before we get, stop All Elite Wrestling. Before we get to the actual Impact portion of it, it's important to note that... So in terms of storyline, they played this fantastically. Oh, Don yeah. Call- Honestly, brilliantly booked. Don Calvis has been showing up to do a few... Uh, do... Uh, um, commentary for a few stuff. matches you know ever since kenny and hangman broke up he's been turning he's been go- saying he's going back to be the cleaner and all this stuff and if you know anything well, we about all the history- know who the cleaner's biggest fanboy is exactly if you know anything about the history between omega and callous Callus kind of brought omega in they're both winnipeg guys right so this big match between moxley and omega Omega ends up winning because Calvis helps him win. They run off with the title. Run out the building. And Alex Marvez, old penguin-shaped ass, I hate that dude. Uh, he ain't do nothing. I just don't like him. Um, tries to catch them in the parking lot. And Calus says, we'll explain this to y'all on Tuesday. And Marvez is like, Dynamite's on Wednesday. He said, I said Tuesday. Apparently, there is now some sort of some type of partnership between Impact Wrestling and All the Elite Wrestling. We will get into specifics, but yeah, again, your visceral reaction,
3: please. <laughs>
2: That's Kyle's visceral, visceral reaction, I guess. Uh,
0: <laughs> Carlton, do you while, while, while my brother laughs, you want to give me something?
2: Uh sure. Um, I don't have, I just don't have that much of a reaction. Maybe my real reaction should be much like the great Tommy Dreamer when his pal Johnny Bravo was shot. Bravo Maybe my reaction. Both of y'all off this call. <laughs> Right now, maybe my reaction, maybe my reaction to all of this should simply be no. I don't know. Like, I don't I'll, really like. I'll, I'll I'm not. It's aside. not moving me to watch it. Okay.
0: All I'll jokes aside, to try to figure out who shot the dude, your boy Kenny Omega uses a gun. i man. I hate y'all so much right now. For the record, I hate y'all so much. Oh
2: my god! No, I I, look. I am. I'm hard on AEW. I know that. Okay, I'm hard on them for a lot of reasons, and they have. But they have. This does not move the needle for me. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. First of all, I'm not going the Kyle route. I'm not going to laugh them out the building. that's, That's fine. I didn't say it was a bad thing. It's a hilarious thing. Right, right 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 i get what you're saying i just so it it doesn't do anything for me personally
3: but i mean
2: it doesn't one thing i will say it could help them with is
3: bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Their women's division. Well, yeah. Because I've got quite a few
2: great women's wrestlers on impact. That's one of the highlights of their company. And the
1: highlight
3: and of their
2: hopefully, for its entire existence.
3: Yep.
2: Yeah. So maybe that could help. That is, That's of course, up. if you know, Kenny Omega allows them to do things. You know, okay. You know how it could benefit Impact?
1: AEW has a glut of tag teams, and the North need people to fight other than Gallows and Anderson. Well, and let's so, be real, Gallows and Anderson are obviously just gonna be reunited with Omega and they're gonna do their own like faux bullet club shit.
0: So so yes, it is uh it helps both companies from a talent perspective. Because Impact has no main event talent right now, no diss to Rick Swann, no diss to Eric Young, but it's just what is what it is. And um Impact also can use the the glut of extra wrestlers who aren't being used in AEW. And in, in turn, AEW, since it's a bigger platform, can take some of the bigger impact wrestlers, much like they've done with the, with the NWA, and showcase them. So it is very, it, it, it has a synergy Even to the it. North versus FGR. Well, it's got to be the North versus the Bucks first, because the Bucks are the champs. But yes, that'll happen too. Not
1: like that. um, Have the North defend the TNA titles against uh, FGR.
0: Okay, I'm fine with that. So I have two, first and foremost, I don't have a problem with it, but I have two major issues with it. I love how you don't have a problem with it, but you have issues with it. Like I think it's things. <laughs> I think it's smart business, but I think it can. My, okay, so my two issues are one. I, I it's very hard to trust partnerships between companies that aren't in different countries because somebody got to lose. Who gonna fight that? Who gonna fight that? That who gonna fight that fight? Who's gonna make that decision?
1: Yeah, look at what look at what uh, New Japan's been dealing with trying to get the fucking belt off of Moxley.
0: Right, and again, I can understand a a a Japanese American relationship because they're not seeing each other's markets. So I get that we're talking about people in the same essentially country, right? Um, So I'm always weary about that. And and I, I, I like I feel that there could become some issues with that. Tony has all the leverage, so Callis and Scott Demora gotta play ball. But I, I think there's there there could be some issues with that. My second issue is that this fans have created this idea that Tony Khan is trying to open the door and let all the companies work together in some way, form, or fashion. And that's good for wrestling. And it's not. I don't think it is. I think it's good for wrestling to do every now and then, maybe mix once or twice. But to let the doors be open to every company, I, th- I think that hurts the business because nobody gets over. You have to get over in your own world before you can be over in that world. If there are no doors, then how are you over here, there or there? This is not the territories anymore. We are not cut off to the world. So we, we we don't have to wait every month to pass tapes or trade tapes or get magazines to see what happened in Memphis when I'm in Houston. Everything's online right now. So so it's not going to help doing this. You need to stay in your own company, get big, and then if you're going to do something, New Japan has it best, excursion this motherfucker. Right? Send them to do a bid for six months or for a year. That works, but an open talent exchange, like even with Ring of Honor and New Japan at its height, it was always still iffy too, because the New Japan guys always won.
2: And well, let's face it: who's the Impact World Champion right now? Is Rich Swan? Am I right? Yes. Why do I know that? Anyways, is, is Rich, who is Rich Swan beaten in AEW? Oh, let's be honest about it. it like, yeah, real, yeah. like from a real, no, no. Well, from a realistic perspective, is he going to be out there beating Kenny Omega? I don't think so. John Moxley, I don't think so. Cody Rhodes, I don't think so. Like unless these guys are
0: well, Cole, Cody Rhodes to nobody.
2: Right. Well, as unless these guys are, all of a sudden have decided to become the most selfless wrestlers in the world, and that is a problem when you have the pen. This. I mean, the partnership can work, but it reminds me a little bit, and this is reaching, so I'll say it before I say it, but it reminds me a little bit of the invasion angle and the whole WCW coming in and fucking with WWE. You always knew WWE was really probably going to win in the end, and even though this
1: is... more of ECW doing their angle with the WWF
2: in, was that 97 or 98?
0: Ninety six,
2: ninety seven, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the the point is essentially that you know that like, even though in that specific instance that I'm discussing, WCW had already folded. In this in this instance, that's like that's the vibe I get because AEW and Rance alluded to it. And Rance didn't allude to it; he said it. Tony has all the leverage, okay? Because Impact needs AEW more than AEW needs Impact. Let's be honest. You know, I mean, Kenny
1: don't need impact at all. Let's let's not let's not get that twisted at all. That's fair. All the leverage because AEW don't need nothing.
2: from. All I know is this until I see someone like Kenny Omega losing a match on Twitch on impacts version of Twitch. (laughs) I am going to go ahead and say that this is very lopsided in how the partnership could work except for the exception of, like you mentioned, Kyle, tag teams, and what I was thinking, the women's division. I don't think it moves cool, the needle man. that it's much.
1: cool. John Silver will be the Impact World Champion within six months.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Silver's fantastic, <laughs> by the way. Um, so this this is to, to meet my issue with and, – and, and for the record, if WWE wanted to work with somebody, yes, I would be excited of the possibilities, but I'd have the same concern because – there is truth there is really a phenomenon of having too many cooks in the kitchen. Yes. There has somebody again, has to listen to somebody.
1: Again, New Japan has been trying to get that belt off of John Moxley for months and they can't get it done because Tony won't let Mox job in the states on television and Mox can't get to Japan.
2: You see to me that's so weird. Can I just like I just want to say that I understand it. it's John Moxley, right?
3: Yeah. At if John
2: Moxley loses his fan, fake championship in the United States, the world keeps turning. Like Jesus Christ! Like how well ridiculous? I mean, to but, me, it's ridiculous.
1: Charlotte, for for a large part of that time period, I will defend them in this sense. For a large part of that time period, Mox was their world champion, and like. If I'm a promoter of a televised product, even with my pretend kayfabe, blah, 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 like, there's still that, like, I'm not about to let my world champion go lose your secondary bullshit title.
0: Well, <laughs> it, should, it, 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 it shouldn't matter, though. The reason it matters is because, number one, Tony Khan is a mark. And I don't want to say that to be disrespectful. He is an open mark. But number two, everything matters in AEW, which is another thing I don't like people hate that everything in WWE is so WWE centric and nothing happens outside of the WWE. When some, when when a wrestler gets injured, they don't go to the hospital. They go to the to the a medical facility because that's the WWE ism. Or when you wrestle somewhere else, you wrestled outside of WWE in the WWE and indies. Never talk about the companies you worked at or the world championships you won because WWE is all that matters. The reason that works is because it works because inside of the scope of the WWE viewer, That's the only person that they care about. They don't care about the TNA viewer or the AEW viewer. They care about the WWE viewer. Tony cares about all of them. And that's fantastic from an altruistic point of view. But from a business point of view, it hurts you for situations like this. Because if all that you cared about and you told your fans to care about was AEW, then who gives a fuck if he goes and loses some belt somewhere else? It didn't happen in your world. But in your world, you would mention, well, Moxley lost to Kenta, so now he can't lose. So now you've allowed Moxley to not be able to lose for the entirety of 2020 in a kayfabe world.
1: I say you can still... No, fuck that. Even in a kayfabe world, you can make up a reason. Oh, yeah, Mox lost because he had to fly 23 hours across the ocean, and his wife is pregnant, and it was short notice, and he wasn't expecting the match, and... They changed his opponent on him or some shit. Like, there are so many K ways to legitimize why your world champion lost this match. Totally let yep. it
0: happen though. Because if it would've if it would've let happened, it, happen, it would have happened already.
2: Oh I know, you're right. I know you're right. I mean you can even have you can even have it where he loses and doesn't get pinned. Like, it doesn't matter. There's so many ways.
0: That's that's not going to happen in New Japan. New Japan is sports-centric. He's going to have to get pinned.
2: Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot
0: about that. He's going to have to get pinned. There is no shenanigans in New Japan. This is is, why I just stick with what I I know.
1: See, that's why I went in with the, no, 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 you make excuses for his defeat. Because I know New Japan well enough to know that, like, he
0: gonna lose that bell. Well, the Moxley character isn't one that gives excuses. Again, okay, and look, I'm with you. You can always make up some bullshit, but I'm just telling you the oh, lay of Mox, the land. But the thing
1: is, mocks don't got to acknowledge the law. Mocks don't got to talk about it. Mocks can act like all that matters is AEW.
0: I'm talking so if to- mocks don't talk about it, why the fuck with the company? Because the company That's stupid. Because the company's stupid. Okay. <laughs> that, I, I accept that answer. I do. I just wanted somebody else to say it for me.
1: Like <laughs> that's why. Because you're absolutely right, though. Like, why are we bringing this shit up that didn't happen that our character's not going to bring up because we feel like because we're the company by marks for marks, and we know that all <laughs> of our Mark fans watched that shit, so we gotta, you know, pop the marks.
0: So let me let me reset here real quick before we move on. Sorry, I because yeah, it's getting
1: a little with by marks for marks. That's fantastic!
0: Yeah, you that, did. That, I, I love we're it. We're gonna use that. We're gonna use that. I don't want the perception of people listening to this to think that we that this show has been to, just tonight anti AEW because I think all three of us have have lauded the moves they've made. Do you
1: know how much A-W money w- has and I been have spent on AEW in the last calendar year?
0: Ridiculous money. Every pay per view
1: got. I've I think got one of, two Hangman shirt. No, I've got yeah. a Hangman shirt and a Dark Order shirt. My
0: other Hangman shirt was Ring of Honor they get our money. Yeah. Um so y'all's money. Well, yes. Um but, but I still I, give I, them praise I, where it's due. Right. I don't want the the perception to be just because we might not like the moves, we don't love them for the business decisions. But here on the edge, we can separate the business side from the entertainment wrestling side. And so from a business standpoint, these are fan like these do nothing for me entertainment wise, but I get every reason why you would want to have a a a, a partnership with a, with Impact, no matter how big or small. I get why you want Sting in your company. It makes great business sense. I think it's gonna be shitty yes. television. <laughs> They'll
2: be great. You legends. think it will detract from the product? Will it detract from the product? <laughs> I
0: think so because it gets so muddy. Because like so, okay. Legitimately, you guys. And I'm talking Raw versus SmackDown, or the Shitty Invasion, because everybody was owned under WWE. The oh, maybe you guys can think of something else, but the only time I've seen an an invasion type or a mix of companies that had that were in the same country was the CZW and Ring of Honor thing they had in the in the early to mid 2000s, and that gave great matches. But it killed CZW because Ring of Honor won every goddamn thing.
1: That's not the only reason it killed CZW. It also well, CZW has never been run well. <laughs> well <laughs> number one. CZW was never run well, but at that time, Ring of Honor was run well, and Ring of Absolutely. Honor has always had Sinclair money. So even though they weren't paying top dollar, they could pay guaranteed dollars.
0: Yes, yes. That's why Joe was no longer in CCW, and and why,
1: which is why Don needs to tread real fucking softly with this Tony Khan shit. Because I know Anthem's got a lot of money. I'm not pretending that Anthem doesn't. Like TNA has crawled out of the days where checks are bouncing. So like, I yes, give them credit for- on the network. Yeah, like I give them credit for that. But like, as much money as Anthem has, Tony Khan has more.
0: Yeah, You're right Um, Final thought Do you think Tony All right I'm gonna let that breathe (laughs) Final question Does Do you think Tony tries to buy Impact
1: I think Tony Tony will make an offer I think Tony will make an offer I think Anthem will be like Bitch we just bought a fucking network For this shit
0: Carl, what'd you say?
2: Uh no, I was just I was just making sure I understood what you, I heard what you said. You asked if I think Tony will t- make an attempt to buy Impact or if he will.
0: Do you think he'll try to buy Impact? Uh, and,
2: and if no.
0: you if you think he tries, do you think he will?
2: Uh no and no.
0: I think the conversation is broached and I think it doesn't happen, which is what essentially ends the partnership. Tony Khan, I want to give the man credit for this. I have not seen a owner or a head booker of a company pivot so willingly when shit goes south and people tell him it goes south. I give him credit. He has shown a willingness unlike anybody I've ever seen to say, yeah, that shit didn't work. That's done. We're moving on. And I give him all the credit in the world for that. i really, truly think, and this is just rant speaking. This isn't anything in wrestling. I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen anything. Just my personal opinion. He's, he seems to have some business savvy. Because he didn't make the money. His dad did. But he seems to have some business savvy. He should have bought think, NWA. I, yeah, well, that's that'd been the one. I think he is going to eventually see that this open door policy with all these other companies ain't going to work for me, brother. The same way he realized I can't let my guys go work these rickety ass indies because they getting hurt and getting COVID, I think he's gonna (laughs) say this. This fact. This is a fact. He's gonna say the same thing with these bigger companies, and not for the not for the getting hurt and for the COVID part, but for the now I gotta work with a whole other creative and a whole other booking and a whole other management, and it's too many cooks in the kitchen when I run my shit. No, the
1: move was... You're right, Rance. I think, I think you're absolutely right. The move was, though, he should have talked to Billy Corgan and been like, yo, Billy, be real, man. Do you really want to have to keep touring with the Smashing Pumpkins? Like, <laughs> do you really want to have to keep doing that shit so that you can pay these motherfuckers? Because, like, I could just take this off your hands, bro. And you can be just ask them melancholy royalties.
0: To be fair... Billy ain't never got to work again because that man got royalties in the millions for and the rest no of
2: his life. <laughs> in infinite
1: Put no, it
0: this way, though.
2: Ever, ever. The thing about that is, now, NWA has their own bag of issues, but but TNA, or not TNA, but AE, uh, Tony Khan, the vision that Billy Corrigan had for NWA would never would fit in the vision that AEW has. In my opinion. But that's
0: the that would be the beauty of the partnership is have a whole separate you do what you do, I bankroll it. My guys can come and leave. That would worked. I'm sorry Speaking to say that I even org- you, 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 no, you
2: Go ahead. The go. thing about that is I'm just going to say like you know how like you always hear about people who write screenplays or whatever getting their shit edited and changed all the time because they sold the rights or someone else is putting it together. Like you always gotta worry about that. You're trying to do something, and Tony Khan's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like you've been saying that don't work for me, brother. You know what I mean? Same thing with the same thing with Impact, man. And not to mention, I'm not sure. Like, surely someone's got to be in his ear, being like, "Do you really want to tether yourself to Impact? Like for a short time, sure, but like you're gonna buy." You gonna think about buying what? these
1: guys? It ought to be in his ear, like Brian Cage just came there from Impact, like literally just was in Impact a couple months ago. Um, not but for real though, hypothetical, what would the wrestling world be like if Billy Corgan had succeeded in buying TNA instead of Anthony.
0: I, I don't think much would have changed. It's just they would have they 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 they'd be on full Twitch full time. They wouldn't have a television channel.
1: I was going to say, they wouldn't have a TV show because Brian, or Billy Corgan, like, that melancholy money run long, but it don't run by axis TV long.
0: That, so the product, <laughs> by and large, by every admission or anybody speaking, is fairly good to enjoyable.
1: Impact's product has always been at least watchable. It That's has never always been, their been issue. at yes. least watchable. Yes. Their issue has always been shitty ownership and mm-hmm. Head scratching creative,
0: yeah, yeah, out of nowhere. Um, Okay, so let's put a bow on all of that. Um, I do want to mention a a group that just left, and and maybe this is just for me. I'm sorry, but this is a big deal to me because we're going to talk about NXT Takeover here in a minute. But the new group of Performance Center trainees, who are the new signees, just got released, and there is this high-ass woman who played for Mississippi State. Um Ariel, whatever. Unreal,
2: unreal. Unreal. And oh, she looks and you. she looks like she looks like she she reminds she's she's gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, she reminds yes. me of uh, she's a mix of like Naomi and Ember Moon. Get a good look at her. Like the in the okay. face. That's what I when I see her I think okay. man, she's like this mixture of Ember Moon and Naomi. She's beautiful. And she looks like she's probably be pretty awesome. you know, she's athletic as hell. Usually when they come from the the sporting world, man, they just pick stuff up quick, it seems like. So I don't know. But keep going. I'm sorry. I know you were wanting to introduce your boys.
0: I appreciate that. Um I am trying to find the list of the new guys that just signed. Well, I thought, I were ready for this. Carney, Carney journalism at
2: work, folks. Carney, Carney, Carney
0: Journalism. No, do, <laughs> baby. Um, okay. Uh, where's her name? Um, Unreal Howard. She played at Mississippi State at A&M, and A and M, she played in the WNBA. Um, you have Russ Taylor, who uh, wrestled in WXW in Germany and wrestled in Japan. Uh, a big move for the 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 pipeline of Japan. Jiro Higuchi, trained by Tajiri, and like I saw a Heart Woman video, a picture of all of the Japanese guys like going out to dinner and like taking them in. They have a really strong bond, and I love that. But the main event is a young man named Alex Zane, who uh, is a pretty big indie wrestler, he wrestled a lot for Blackcraft Pro and some other places. And the Rascals are coming to WWE Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. That is a huge move. Now, Trey isn't with them. He's the kind of the singles guy of the trio. But if you don't know the rascals, the rascals, to give you an, give you an understanding of the level of interest, the rascals, if they would have debuted, if they would have debuted in front of fans, would have gotten the same same amount of pops that Undisputed Error got. The only difference is they don't have the world championships between them. But they're instantly going to be um, – I, I spoke with Kyle earlier, and I gave him the analogy that Wentz and Dez essentially would be as big a move as if Santana and Ortiz would have signed right off of Lever TNA, Impact. And if Trey oh, would have signed, yeah. like that would have – that's a huge – they're they're a fantastic group they they're flippy doo but they're stylistically flippy doo but yet they can they can go they're interesting their gimmick is they're stoners you know if you ever watched impact they got the treehouse where they were always high in the treehouse people would come to the treehouse they they have the dopest gear and their jackets they got the chalk line jacket they're fantastic they're on so long questions. small side but this generation is but yeah, yeah. i'm sorry go ahead it
2: yes. works for NX it works for nxt anyway Yes. Uh, if they're going to start out there. So um, two questions. One, Trey, did he decide to stay where he was or is he just a free agent? I don't know. I'm not in the inner workings on that. He obviously didn't come with him. So that's the first he, question.
0: He essentially seems to be a free agent, but he's been talking back and forth a lot with Alex Shelley about training with Shelley and Shelley is The motives of the machine guns aren't signed, but they're working currently with T- impact. So there's a chance he might stay with Impact because Trey was a main eventer, In the ma- in the main event match when um, rich when Rich one won the title, Trey was in that match.
2: Okay, so and the second question is not a question; it's just a statement. Finally, right. a good wince in the sports entertainment world. Shout out Ricky <laughs> from
0: Ricky and Clive. Oh, is that because of Carson? Absolutely, it's because of Carson Wentz. Uh, only ones I think about is is as Pete. So, yes, I forget the, <laughs> the shitty quarterback of the Eagles. Um, if you don't have anything, I, get about my I know you don't know who they are.
1: I don't know who they are, and I don't – so, like, I, I don't want to, like, get unnecessary – I don't want to say unnecessarily hyped, but, like, I don't have really any expectations because I'm not familiar with them. Um, I know that Ethan Page was really happy for them, and that – tells me a lot because
0: ethan page is a great person so like we're waiting on ethan and josh to come on over eventually but they're killing the game in 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 impact right now um before we very impatiently waiting man look he'd be fantastic in the E. before we before we get to takeover i want to talk about one of the major people going to be featured in takeover and that's rhea ripley i don't know if you guys saw the interview she did with um, Lillian Garcia she spoke about how her loss to Charlotte affected her and her confidence um, she says that um, it's funny because I was on watch along and I was watching the Royal Rumble and Charlotte won and they turned to me and they were like what do you think? I said well she gets the challenge for any title so I'd like to see her try me mm-hmm. uh, that's all I said I didn't think that anything was going to happen. Then all of a sudden it was happening. I thought, oh my God, did I speak this into existence? Did I make this happen? It was exciting. I got my golden ticket pretty much from that. And man, even the WrestleMania wasn't what we even though WrestleMania wasn't what we expected it to be, it's still WrestleMania, and it's still a massive deal. Like, yeah, there were no people in attendance, which sort of sucked. And my parents couldn't be there, which sucked because I wanted to share that with them. But it's still WrestleMania, and I got to step in the ring with someone like Charlotte Flair, and we had an amazing match. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, she later it goes on to say, yeah, fantastic. probably maybe the best match. Well, no, there were other good matches. But it, was it, was, it was one of my favorite matches of the first night, for sure. She further goes on to say, I feel like this one would have been more difficult than having a crowd there, because when there's a crowd there, you can feed, you can feed off of it. When there's no one, you've got no one to feed off of. We stole the show on the second night. We went out there and killed it. I'm proud of us, and I don't care what the outcome was. At the end of the day, I had my WrestleMania moment. We had an amazing match, and we pulled it off. Then she continues to go on. I definitely have gone through a stage where I started losing confidence in myself because I wasn't being portrayed the same way that I was, talking about after she lost the championship. I'm still slowly building myself back up from it. But my confidence was definitely tainted a little bit, which sucks, because I try to keep it up uh, so, I, so I can do my best all the time. I don't know if it was just something inside my head that wasn't getting the picture. I don't know. I got a bit lost after that, but right now I feel like I'm getting back on track. Now, um, I bring that up f- because I, you know, here, I know we are very um, mental health conscious. And I want to. I, I also want to note that today Triple H had his media call to uh, promote Takeover, and he was asked about this, and he basically admitted, "Rhea wasn't supposed to lose, but she had to lose because of COVID and the concerns of different countries and the and the shutdown. But Rhea wouldn't have lost if it would have been a regular WrestleMania." But I'm just yeah. interested, what do you guys think about that? Because it's so rare we hear a person to the, at that level, like a, a wrestler at that level, speak about how a booking decision, not a match, not a fan interaction, but a booking decision, hurt their and, and, and affected their confidence. What do you guys think of her courage to kind of speak up about that?
1: I mean, it makes sense because, like, a booking decision is... Booking decisions are your actual job performance review within wrestling in a lot of ways. Like, they're not a reflection of, like, your worth as a person, but within the corporate dynamic, they are, like, very much the reflection of, well, what does the company think of me? And where do they, like, where do they value me? What is their thought on what I'm good for? And so, like, I can see why that kind of a booking decision might just, like, crush your confidence in a lot of ways. Um, But also, I just want to point out something that I say all the time on the show before I give it to Carl. Mental health issues affect literally everyone, and all of us should be
2: seeing a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my thoughts on it are, one, Bria is going to be great. She'll get through it, of course. She's already said she's back. She's feeling like she's back on the right track. She is. She already is great. Like, I mean, you know, losing to Charlotte Flair in our brains, and this is why you know mental health is so important because you and the three of us can sit here and talk about losing to Charlotte Flair. It's like, okay, but you lost to Charlotte Flair. Like, as far as I'm concerned, Charlotte Flair is the greatest women's wrestler of all time. So I mean, it's not like you went out there and lost to someone who's terrible. So for us, we see it that way, right? And she sees it a completely other way, which just shows you the effects that those that you know that these kinds of things can have on your mental health. Um, and that said, I like I really liked your point, Kyle, about you know how sometimes booking decisions to these wrestlers can feel like almost like a referendum on. How, you, how good you are, or what your skill set is, or how important you are to the company. And, you know, I, I think about that a lot because I'm one of these people, like, in my own job, I'm always trying to, to, like, currently, at my company, no one can do my job. And for me, that's a confidence booster. You know what I mean? But if someone came in and I could tell that they had the skill set to do my job and that I was replaceable... Well, I make pretty good money. Like, what if my boss could keep them on at a cheaper price? You know what I mean? So there's, a, there's something to that about being at the top of your sport, the top of your profession, whatever it may be, and feeling like, well, I'm being knocked down a peg. Maybe something's wrong with me, and that affects yeah. my confidence. And so I think, I think it's important, and Kyle, I completely agree with you. I'm glad you 30. agree
1: with me because <laughs> I can't relate to your feeling at all because I work a job that nobody wants. So like I got that- <laughs> <laughs> I teach kids, don't so nobody want to do that shit.
2: Look, I just want to point out real nobody quick on, on the on the edge kids, and I did the, the, I did get a raise the other day. I'm just saying got I, I got to. you ain't got to tell nobody your business? No, no, just I didn't say how much. Just, you know, that your boys make you know, your boy got a bump and pay. I'm proud of you, man. I
1: just met, I got job security because, like, nobody's you gonna do. stop fucking, but <laughs> nobody wants to do my job. So, like,
2: <laughs> COVID or no COVID, them babies gonna keep coming.
1: That's facts. Sure. Some babies gonna come because of the COVID.
2: Also, real quick, though, to the Rhea Ripley point, power to her for being willing to speak out about it because a lot of people don't and they keep it to themselves. So, respect um, respect to her for that because that's that's a big deal I and mean, it's hard to talk about
1: and I want to shout like mental health awareness is so fucking important that's why I've been such this a huge fan of Hangman's new yeah, no. like anxious millennial cowboy thing like let's draw attention to mental health
0: and I want to shout out to Lillian Garcia because I don't know if you guys listen to chasing whatever the fuck it's called but her podcast but she gets some of the best and Deepest, most introspective interviews from the rest of she she uh, interviews, and you know she's one of the podcasts that got simulcast and put on the network because you know, they have all the different podcasts on the network now. So I just want to give her a shout yeah. out because, like, not only does it take strength for Rhea to speak about that, but it really takes trust in in for and uh, that Rhea has in Lillian to speak about that on air. So that's dope. But now it's time to speak about War war Games! War Games! War Games! I have to play that. War Games! The way William Regal says War Games is the greatest thing in wrestling right now. NXT TakeOver War Games. He is pretty fucking great. He's involved. Interesting you said that. Um, NFC War Games, ladies, uh, ladies and gentlemen listening, and those who don't, and and people who don't fall in those genders. Uh, it's this this weekend, this Sunday. Um, And it is a card. I'm very happy that they separated it from Survivor Series on its own. Um, I'm going to start at the bottom as I always do, work my way up. Um, the first match is the newest match added to the card, and that is between Mr thatch as thatch can Timothy Thatcher and the only man that I call Daddy Tommaso Chapa who you guys got
1: well I mean I can't I can't not pick Daddy I value uh, him
2: I... Thatcher. Clearly, I'm not watching enough NXT. Uh, I just, I feel like Thatcher. What does Ch- what does Champa need a win for? Sure, I didn't say he needed it. I'm just not. I'm not going to bet against him. You no, know, I wasn't saying it like in in like to be defiant. Um, I was just saying just in general, like Thatcher. I guess I don't know. I'm not really following along with NXT right now. So my bad for being unprepared for the final segment of the show.
0: Well, I mean, you don't watch NXT, so I can't blame you. But nonetheless, that I I think that's your wins too. Um. Uh, the next match is the match that Kyle, I'm sure, is waiting on, the strap match between Dexter Loomis and Go Ahead,
1: Cameron Grimes, and he's gonna go to the moon. Gotta love that shit. Gotta love God. that. Uh, I mean, I How got Dexter Loomis for sure. I got Dexter Loomis, but like, I love Cameron Grimes so much.
0: Um, uh, who, 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 who'd you pick? I, I missed that.
1: Who'd you pick? Oh, I I pick Loomis, but I love Cameron Grimes.
0: Okay,
2: Carl. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, also Loomis, just based on what I know,
0: which isn't much, but yeah, based on what I know, Loomis. Both of y'all wrong. Cameron Grimes finally wins and ends the feud, and goes on to fight for the North American Championship. Oh,
1: he's against Leon face Ruff. Priest? No, he's going to face well, Damien
0: Priest. Well, okay. Speaking of the of the, the of the North American Championship, it, it will be defended in a triple threat match uh, between the current North American Champion Leon Ruff, Damien Priest. And Johnny Gargano, shout out to the Ghostface.
1: I got Damian Priest <laughs> because, like, shout he's, out to the he's the whole reason that Leon Ruff won the title in the first place. I think that he catches. I think he catches Gargano napping, so to speak, and uh, I think Priest takes the title back.
0: Carlton. Uh,
2: okay, North American Championship. Seems like the belt they like to pass around a lot, so I could get with that. Uh, I mean, Leon Ruff feels more like a vehicle, I guess, than anything else. So I go with
0: Priest. I agree with Kyle on that. You're both wrong again. Leon Ruff retains out of, on, on some like sneaky ass roll up shit because he is a he is a vehicle for. What's we'll say my man's name? One more time. Cameron Grimes. There you go. Cameron Grounds be your next North American champion. Um, North now North. it's time. Now it's time. Say the word for me, Carl. Now it's time for War Games. It wasn't as good as the other ones. Um, men's well, or women's first, guys. Do,
1: Let's do women's first. It's got a really rich story behind
0: it. Let's That's do a it. fantastic story, yes. So, uh... The, the team captains have had major beef. Candace Lerae and Shosie Black. Shotzi's fucking tank and shit. And and by the way, it's I love it is fantastic the vignettes they've had with Shotzi building the new tank, and with all with Ember coming and with and uh, and Rear coming saying you need some heavy artillery and EO now is the engine and like that's so dope to me. But yes, Team Candace is consisted of. Tony Storm and Tony Storm's ass. I'm sorry, Toxmas. <laughs> Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez and Team Shotzi consists of Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and the NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai. Important to note, Team Shotzi Blackheart has the advantage. What you got, gentlemen?
1: I want to pick Team God. Shotzi here. I just... I don't know. I i don't know if this feud is over or not, but at the same time, I just, I, I, something about it just feels like this is the babyface team's match. Even if the deck feels stacked against them, even though they've got the advantage.
2: Yeah. So, I am going to go with... Team Shotzi also, um, and I'll and I'll and I'll say this: not really like you guys know, not really like being deep involved in NXT. If there's one thing I see with 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 the Shotzi team, they have all the to me personally, okay. They have all the ones that stand out to me as potential superstars. Shotzi Blackheart is a superstar waiting to happen. Io Shirai, same. Rhea Ripley, same. Uh, I don't. I mean, they. they not that Team Candace doesn't have that necessarily, but not to the same level, in my opinion. Um And not to mention, I also think you've got to have a the, the face team win one because I think it's going to go the other way in the other one. So I'm going to go with Team Shotzi on that one. Both wrong again, Rants.
0: I love. Yeah, basically, yes. I love how and, and and for the record, Kyle watches NXT. He's not as diehard as I am, but he watches. But I love how the diehard guy is who's is saying something different than you two, because I have Team Candice and I have Team Candice being the being the winner, actual winner, because Candice has had so many losses all year, she's due for a big one. All four of Team NXT or t- of Team Team LeRay is due for a big one, and. Shot. I feel Rhea's gone. Rhea is moving on, right? And you need to find Io's next challenger in this match. So I feel like the winner is gonna pin Io. So I have okay. Team Ray winning. Raquel
1: Diaz. You know Raquel Gonzalez.
0: R- R- I mean, uh, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know Shaw Guerrero is back in NXT. Whatever. (laughs) She's wrestling again, by the way. If you didn't know.
1: Oh, good for good for her. Aiden English needs a (laughs) breadwinner.
0: All right, living (laughs) off that Guerrero money. Aiden English, Aiden English, and Aaliyah are living off that Guerrero, and uh, Murphy are living off that Guerrero money. Mm -hmm. And yes, I hope you all get the joke. I get. Um, I get. Finally. Finally, what has been one of the best built main Ah, events in all of professional wrestling in the year of 2020? The men's war games match between the undisputed era of Adam Cole, Roddy Strong, I'm sorry, Roddy Morse, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish versus the the self-proclaimed Kings of NXT, Pete Dunne, the tag team champions Oni Lorkey and Danny Burch, and the rookie of the year, I said it. The rookie of the year, Pat McAfee. Gentlemen. Who you got? Kyle? I
1: mean Sorry, Roddy, but like I think I'm gonna have to leave you for Pat McAfee. Okay. <laughs>
0: Pat McAfee got more money, that's for damn sure.
1: It, yeah, and I mean those segments on College Game Day are so fucking funny. Listen, <laughs> like he is taken to this shit like a fucking fish to water. Jesus Christ, he's so good for this.
2: He gets it. He gets it. The the entire uh, thing. He gets it. He has it. And yep, the reason yeah.
1: I, I have a reason why I picked them though, like I picked them because I think that Undisputed Era is finally ready to go, and. After Survivor Series is just as good a time as any for uh, you to send people on their happy trails. Um, so I feel like, uh, you know, have them go out in the match that they've done four times now.
2: <laughs> I I'm going to stop saying things like it's time for Undisputed Air to go. Because they never I'm, leave. <laughs> yeah, because they just don't fucking leave. I'm so maybe they will this time. I'm
1: gonna predict it like uh, like Clive predicts title changes. I'm just gonna predict era, it until it happens.
0: The Eric Gargano and Chomp are gonna be in NXT until 2027, 2035. Like they never leave. <laughs> so, two couple things. I
2: want to see Oni Lorkin kick ass because I love Oni Lorkin. I love Pat it. McAfee is everything you could hope for. They got Pete Dunne, who looks like he just came out of a fucking, he like, he came out of like a crowd, like one of those chambers, those frozen chambers that people come out of. And he's like, re- like, he came out, he looks like a Terminator. Okay. That's what he looks he took, like. It's a, it's a Captain America super serum. Dude, he looks ridiculous. Danny Birch, whatever. Uh,
1: yeah. Hi, whoa, team whoa, Pat. whoa,
0: whoa, whoa.
1: Disrespectful, eh, man. How are you gonna do dose like that?
0: <laughs> Danny, Danny Burch is better than both
2: of them. Hmm. Anyways, point being, you can't be building like Undisputed Era at this point exists and they're gonna be loved no matter what happens. You can't put all this hype with Pat and these guys and not pull the trigger. Like that's just my just as someone who doesn't watch that like hardly at all. That's just my Carl logic, right? Like, you've been building these guys up, building them up, building them up, building up for a team, like, as Kyle said, has been in war games like 37 times now, Team Pat. I was you know, just thinking
1: about how the eventual implosion of the Kings of wrestling will – or the Kings of NXT will give us a delightfully fun match between Pete Dunne
0: and Pat McAfee, and I'm here for that. I don't think Pat McAfee wants that smoke because, like, Pete Dunne being there later man, bro. Like Adam Cole's safe, Pete Dunne be out there. Did you see the? Did you see the Dun O'Reilly match? No, <laughs> like, of course. That was the MMA fight I'm with I'm still ladders. here for it. I'm still here for it. Before I make my pick, you both of y'all got the both of y'all got the Kings right. Yep. Yeah. you Who you got? Who you got making the pin? Um. Hmm.
2: Fuck it. Pat gets his win back. If it ain't if it ain't Pat McAfee, I don't want it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love it. Wrong. <laughs> the Undisputed Era is one and two in, in, in war games. And I think it's fair to say that the Undisputed Era has been put on that level with Finn Balor with the four horsewomen in Asuka and to be fair Gargano and Ciampa and S- Zane and Neville, but like on that short list of people who have carried NXT and are like retire the Raptors. The error the error deserves to be up there. They've done so much for NXT and essentially ran the majority of NXT for three almost four years now. Okay. The fact that they've only won one of the of the three is ridiculous. And I feel like even if they do get called up, which is actually a legitimate possibility, I feel like they're going to get rewarded with this win. Also, the era has never fought from behind and from underneath their entire time as a a stable. They've been uh, from underneath this entire time. I think the era wins. And I think the era wins because you talked about the implosion. Pete Dunn is not a follower. Pete? And Pat McAfee, you're going to have some type of something that leads to them imploding and the error getting the win. And I think because the new guy to get the big push in that group is Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly gets the pin.
1: I mean, you know, it was only a matter of time before they realized what they had in Kyle O'Reilly. Any of us who have seen his work could have
0: told you that. Yeah, but the only sad part is, that Kyle and Roddy is the best of, the, of all the tag teams. No diss to Red Dragon. Oh yeah. And 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 Kyle and Bobby are a staple. They're as good as it gets in tag team wrestling. Roddy and Bobby have some chemistry to work out, and it works because 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 Roddy's frenetic energy and Bobby's kind of cold demeanor does offset each other. But they got to get that chemistry because they ain't had the reps. That Roddy and Kyle got. So that's the only reason why it's sad to me. Because I Kyle isn't just a tag wrestler. Bob, hell, Bobby isn't just a tag wrestler. But they work so well together. You know? But they'll be fine. Because well, literally it, any it, of them can tag together. And any of them can be the singles guy.
2: Well, also, though, if we know anything about... Especially if they especially get called up. If we know anything... About Vincent Mann when it comes to tag teams, when he finds that one guy of on the tag team who he thinks can do some shit, he's gone. Like, let's just be honest. So if he sees something in Kyle O'Reilly that the rest of us, that other people, you know, wouldn't necessarily right. see or whatever,
0: you're right. But that's the secret and the beauty of the undisputed error. All four of them can be tag guys, and all four of them can be singles. So it don't matter. Adam Cole ain't no fair. guy. That's the beauty of that group.
1: You and I both know Adam Cole ain't no goddamn
0: tag wrestler. He could do it, but he ain't no goddamn tag wrestler. He started off Future Shock with him and Kyle O'Reilly. He was a member of the Kingdom. He's been in tag teams. He could do it. I
1: said he could do it. I didn't. But I said he ain't no goddamn tag
0: wrestler. Oh no, Vince McMahon's gonna push him to the moon that's the one guy that people talk about vanilla midgets and smaller guys. Vince don't care because Vince Steve's dollar signs at Adam Cole.
2: Yeah. He's going to need a tall rocket
0: to push him to the moon.
3: Shut the fuck up. Baby. <laughs>
0: last, last point is, and Finn Balor isn't on the card, but who's going to No this to Carl, but you might not, you might not have an idea of this, but who do you think is next up for the NXT title? For, for to face Finn, me. Finn is wrestling on his... Okay, you can get you can get coup de grade in nineteen sixteen. The a School.
2: No, no, no flips, just kicks. I'm ready. Let's go, Finn.
0: You know what? Gimmick infringement.
2: Nah, no,
1: you know what, Rance? <laughs> Fuck it. I picked Dexter. Say- I picked Dexter oh, Loomis to oh. win the
0: strap match. I'm a pick Dexter Loomis to face Finn Balor. I'm so disappointed in you. Can I tell you why? Why? Because the answer's right in front of your eyes and it's somebody you love. Oh, yeah? Is it Pat McAfee? No. Kushida. I mean, that's not Kushida hasn't lost damn near all year since he got that, since he got his renewed push. And Finn and Kushida have a long history from Japan. I'm That's gonna, the guy. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna predict
2: Finn's next opponent as Ghostface. Who's the Ghostface then? Because you know who the Ghostface supposed to no, Just Ghostface right? doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know who's, who's supposed Ghostface. to be, right? You know. Who's I don't know is who it's
0: supposed to be. <laughs> no, Austin Theory. Oh, right. never mind. Pass. Um, I okay, can't my statement. Thank you for that. Um, all right. Before we get out of here, you guys you got anything else? Um Nope.
2: I think I'm good. It's been a good show. Yeah, it has been I a mean good
1: show. Well, y'all, as always, remember you can follow Brother Carl on Twitter at
2: Outsider Curvin, Kervin, K E R V I N, where I will be shit posting all the time for your pleasure.
1: The for sure, for show. Sure. You can find Brother Rance on Twitter at
0: WrestleJoy.
2: <laughs>
0: no, I, I, I had to make one joke. It's Ray Cash, R E Y as in Mysterio, C A S H as in dollars. You can
1: follow the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS.
0: Give me follow. the give me the handle. Give it to Give it to it. me. It's yeah. Christmas. It's the holiday season. And you know what? Maybe you're not Christian. Maybe you're Jewish. I can get you a menorah. Maybe you believe in Kwanzaa, I'll get you a Kente cloth. Maybe you're a festivus, I'll get you a pole. <laughs> Whatever you want, give me the damn handle. Please.
2: I'll get you a Listen, I'll give you a, I'll get you a Sting shirt cuz I heard he's the biggest name in wrestling. The right man now. they call Sting. The, 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 old, the old man they call Sting. I'll get you a shirt.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Y'all can find me on Twitter at Dr. Smores. Um, of course, the show is part of the ChairShot Media group at ChairShot Media, where you
0: always use your, your head. Both <laughs> heads. Whatever head you got. However many heads. Hold um, on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. ProWrestingTeams.com slash the ChairShot. Hashtag journalism. Get the shirt. That's ours. Yes, that's the shirt. next shirt
2: coming, though, corny journalism.
0: Yes, and all the other shirts, too, but especially the Hashtag Journalism, because that's the Outsider's Edge shirt. I got that officially told to me by Greg, because I thought it was, but I didn't know, but it's officially ours. So, yeah, buy the shirt.
1: Buy the shirts. Um, and remember, y'all, we here on the Outsider's Edge are just some increasingly older gentlemen doing everything we can trying to make it in this world and survive this Rona and this attempted coup and this dystopian nightmare hellscape country that we live in. Um <laughs> Sometimes, you know, we're going to say some things that might, you know, not sit right with you. Like, who really cares that Sting is back? And other times, we're going to say some things that might sit more right with you. Like, Pat McAfee is fucking awesome. Um, But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And, like, you got to respect that. Because if you don't, well... Yeah, we still don't give a fuck, y'all. You sure? Nice Christmas? Fucks. Not even on Christmas. Zero.
0: Hanukkah is seven days away,
1: not even for Hanukkah. Not, no, 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 no. No okay. fucks left. All right, well, fuck them then. <laughs> Thanks for listening, <laughs> y'all. Catch you next time.